Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you, Rachel. It all sounds so great. What a great way to start this morning by hearing your music. Hey, welcome. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you're here this morning. Um, again, we're a, we're a chapel that just leads with values, and the values that, we, that you see as you come in on our program here, it's Christ crucified. That's the reason why we gather. But also rest, healing, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the beauty of God, gathering and fellowship, the full counsel of his word, the good news of Jesus Christ, a safe place to mature as believers, thoughtfully loving our neighbors, all for God's glory in Stuttgart. Let's begin by hearing God's word first and foremost. This comes from the 90th Psalm, Psalm 90. It's a psalm of Moses. Moses wrote a song, and this is what he wrote. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, even before, before you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. In verse 12, he writes words that I find so connect to me in my life, and hopefully you as well. In verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. For many years we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Please stand with us as we, as we sing our first hymn together. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Hymn number 90. Thank you. Please be seated. Hey, good morning. It's great to see you all here. Um, just a couple thoughts as we begin, just some morning announcements. I'd like your feedback. We would like your feedback. Um, I remember as, as I grew up a young man, I never really had any involvement in my chapel of what I liked and what could be improved and ways we could serve. So there's a little piece of paper that you might have received when you came in and a pen to um, today or in the weeks ahead, take some time to tell us about what you like about our chapel service. What things can we improve? Uh, what would you like to learn next year in 2023? What sermon series would be helpful to you in your walk in life? And then just give the feedback to on the piece of paper to Ryan or me or just one of us, and we'll be glad to just uh, to take it from you the next couple of weeks. Um, a few weeks ago, I asked a couple of uh, guys if they would help me uh, sing in our choir. Um, <laughs> Randy, Josh Zipper, and they, they said, you know, Eric, I got something better for you. Why don't we stay up all night long and make some turkeys for you for Thanksgiving? I said, well, that'll work. And so today, um, the Zipper family, and a lot of other families too, you've made some pies, you made some casseroles, you made some great food, some dinner rolls, some mac and cheese. I got good list to go on. I'm probably not starting out the service the right way. But come join us afterwards. We have a lunch to share together just a, um, a meal together to be thankful for. So that's right after the service. If you didn't bring anything, please, please come. This is God's gift to you, just a meal to be enjoyed. So come join us afterwards. Um, but speaking of singing, too, um, we do have some choirs that are forming here, which are really fun. 
We have a kids' choir that's singing, and we have an adult choir that's kind of happening too. Thank you, Rachel, so much for your leadership with that. And so right after the service, we won't take long, but just come join us afterwards if you can sing with us. Um, a thought also in your bulletin. It said the last note under your announcements. I want to make sure I say this. If and when it does end up snowing a lot in Stuttgart, um, look on the Stuttgart app, go to, to the road section, and it'll tell you if the roads are red or in black, and we won't have service in case it, the nose are really bad in case they're red or black, but you can stay, um, uh, stay aware of that um, road conditions on the Stuttgart app. Um, that's for you there to see. Um, and then another thought. Our chapel should never just be about us, feeding ourselves and caring for ourselves, even though that is important. We must be a chapel that considers others in our community and also around in the world, too. We have an idea. And every month, we are going to have a designated offering for a very important Christian charity around the world. And we'd like your feedback. We'd like you to nominate a good, credible, financially accountable Christian organization, um, one that's been tied and tested. And so, so let us know if there's a mission that you'd like us to support in months ahead. This month, because it has been the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Christian Church, we are giving a financial contribution to the Voice of the Martyrs next week, a designated offering. So if you're here next week, I know it's Thanksgiving weekend, but if you're here, come join us. We're going to support this mission. They support some of the most dangerous parts of the world. Um, they equip persecuted Christians to love those who are their neighbors better and helps believers who are in those difficult countries rebuild their lives when they have experienced extreme hardship. Go to, go to Voice of the Martyrs, vom.org, if you're interested, and, uh, and just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, a couple thoughts, too. Um, we do have some neat things coming up for kids and families. On the 5th of December, we have a, a, a Christmas cookie decoration that's going to be happening here, too. More to follow on that. Also in December, just want to give you a few notes for your calendar because I know they're filling up. December 8th is a really neat opportunity for the ladies in our community to get together, Protestant women at the chapel, at the U.S. Army Garrison Firehouse. They're having a night of singing and worship and, and just gathering together to really celebrate Jesus. And then also, don't forget Christmas Eve. We have some really neat things planning um, and in the, in the works for you to enjoy. So just mark your calendar. Tell your friends and neighbors about it. Four o'clock in the evening um, on Christmas Eve. Okay. With that thought, Let's stand, let's sing, and let's sing our next hymn together, um, hymn number 793, For the Beauty of the Earth. <clears throat> Please be seated. Today's scripture reading will be coming from uh, the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6, chapter 1st through the 9th verse. It can be found in your pew Bibles on page 190. And then for your New Testament reading, that is Matthew 12th chapter, 46th verse through the 50, 46th verse. That can be found on, uh, in your pew Bible on page 690. And the word of the Lord says, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to obey in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you 
your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give to you and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames and on of your houses and on your gates. And the New Testament reads, While Jesus was still talking to the crowds, his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. The word of the Lord. Those scripture texts you have heard um, are some of the most, most powerful scripture, I think, in, the, in our Bible to be enjoyed. They had this theme of family, and they had this team of, of mother and father and teaching and such. And I, um, it's very fitting for us as we are growing as a chapel family to think about what family means. And I think it's just because even if we gather together, we eat together, we worship together and sing together, I, I don't know if that makes us family because Jesus describes family in a much more specific sense and fuller sense. He says, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, is my sister, and my mother. Meaning that we are truly family if we are about the Father's will. Let's sit with that thought for a moment. Let's let Jesus' words just uh, settle in our mind this morning as we have a time of confession. To think about Jesus' words that says, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven, this is my brother, my sister, my mother. The reality is, is that none of us have acted like the brother or the sister we ought to be. Uh, none of us have obeyed and known the will of the Father. I think it might even stretch for us to even define ourselves. What is the will of the Father? Um, but the good news is that Jesus has. 
That's the gospel, is it? that Jesus has been the brother that we have never been. He has done the will of the Father. He has been the disciple maker, the one that has taught his children on the road and on the way and in the home. He has been that perfect teacher that Deuteronomy 6 always that has commanded us to do. So it's good for us to think about the question, what makes us family? What unites us as family? Do we have that broken spirit, that repentant heart that wants to unite under the Father's will? That is the goal, and I guess the charge of Scripture that says, be a part of the Father's will, but turn from your own direction and turn towards the direction the Lord is leading. That's what makes us family. It's kind of like the Thanksgiving dinner we have next door. I mean, it's, it's all prepared for us. The work is done. The hard work is done by Jesus. Everything is waiting for us, but it's those who are hungry those who are, have an appetite for the Lord's will, doing the will of the Father, is the one that really creates family. So with that thought, our, our, our offering today is not so much about money. I think that the, the, the heartbeat of the scripture text we read today says that the real offering is the heart of someone who loves the Lord with all of his heart and his soul and his mind and his strength. So, yes, we'll gather an offering today for the ministry of Stuttgart, and that's important for our ministry too, but don't miss the fact that the real offering here today is you. Wherever the Lord has placed you, um, consider it uh, an offering that's really well-deserved. With that thought, ushers, would you please come forward uh, for a morning offering? Please be seated. I do want to thank you for the offering that you do give. Um, maybe I don't say thanks enough, but um, the, the money that we do collect does go to some important ministries here in Stuttgart, women's ministry, the teenagers' ministry, and as, as things are kicking off, too, Ryan mentioned me, too, there's lots of so many good ways from which we can just welcome your support, helping out with uh, the video ministry, helping out teenagers, lots of things that we could use your help out as, too. So, so thank you for... Uh, for for the way you can help when you can. Um, this time of our, our service, we, we devote to prayer. Um, of course, of course, we pay, pray privately. We pray privately in the, uh, in the quiet places in our home. We pray quietly on the walks that we take outside, wherever we go, wherever we're driving. There's a, a personal time for prayer. But then when we gather together as Christians and believers, we pray together on Sunday, and there's a collective prayer that I think that God is pleased by when we, when, we, when we pray in unison. It's different than how we normally pray, but it's a, it's a habit that we should cultivate and make it sense of. And I do want to thank you so much for these beautiful prayers that you have given us. We have collected some 60-some prayers um, from you over the last month, and all of what you wrote are so very meaningful. I'm going to read just a couple of them today as we, as we pray in unison um, that, uh, of, of some of the things you've written down. Let me read some of them that were collected this past month. One writes, God, please allow the people of Stuttgart to open their hearts to you. Fill their life with your presence. God, lead our community to fulfill your will 
We pray that those in need of your healing, your grace, and your forgiveness receive it. Amen. Another writes, We pray that Stuttgart would be a place that welcomes others to Christ. I pray that more of Stuttgart's youth will be called to serve the Lord. I pray that we can decrease the amount of homelessness and be able to provide shelter for those in need. Another one wrote of Jeremiah 29, verse 7, this person wrote, Let's seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray that the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find welfare. Finally, brothers and sisters, this person writes, quoting 2 Thessalonians 3, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And may we have confidence in the Lord to do his will. And may the Lord direct our hearts to love with steadfast love of Christ. This person ends with, Heavenly Father, thank you for Stuttgart, Germany. We pray this prayer of Jeremiah 29.7. We pray for the peace and the prosperity of this city. And may your word abound here and in peace and an increase of those who will be saved in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, we read from Deuteronomy 6 today, and I thought it was fitting that we also maybe read from a prayer of Moses today. Let's, uh, let's turn our thoughts to this uh, Psalm 90, and let's, let's read together what Moses prayed, and let's conclude our prayer today by remembering what he wrote. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. So teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Let's establish the work of our hands. God, these prayers from our, our congregation and this prayer from Moses are so true. Lord, our days are numbered. We have breath and, and a finite number of days. So God, use us for your glory while we're here in Stuttgart. Establish um, the work of our hands. Uh, make us fruitful and productive where you have us, in our homes, in our offices, on our teams. God, we need your help for this coming week and in this coming year. So hear our prayer this morning, Lord. Give us favor as we, as we, as we desire to do your will so much more clearly. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, good morning, everybody. If I haven't met you, my name is Ryan, and I'm part of the family here at the Humble Patch Chapel in Stuttgart. I love this, I love this passage here. I, I read it every time I do a funeral or a memorial because at the end of the day, we want people to realize that we're not here forever 
and that life is short and to live every moment intentionally, like every second of our day intentionally. And that's what our psalms are about today. Uh, so, and one of my favorite pastors, he's, he's in his 50s. He just got a tattoo on, on his arm. It says, Memento Mori. It's a Latin phrase that says, remember you must die. And so the last part of his life, he wants to remember that, that he will die and that to live intentionally every second of his day, to live recklessly with our forgiveness and with our love. And so, so thank you, Eric, for, for putting this on the screen. Um, a little announcement just to piggyback on what, what uh, Pastor Eric said. Uh, we, do have, we do record these, these sermons. Uh, we record our service uh, video, audio, for the purpose of, if someone wants to reflect on it and say, you know, I want to really go back, um, I want to hear that again, we have it. We have it available. And I offer this to you, if anybody. Um, I used to be a, a professional video editor for a surf company back in the day. And I would like to train anybody. I would like to give you all of my knowledge on how to make cool videos, on how to edit, on how to use software, and make productions um, online. I used to do it professionally. That's how I paid for seminary. Ironically, I was going to seminary and working for a company called Lost Surfboards. It was a bunch of lost guys. And uh, I secondhand smoked a lot of weed during that time. <laughs> but they knew I was a pastor, or I was an intern at the time. It's 2004. I was an intern at my church studying. I was a youth pastor. Um, but God placed me there, and I, would talk, I talked to the owner of the company. And I said, you know, if you want to talk, if you want to talk surfing and business, I'm, I'm all ears. But you want to talk theology, you're in, you're in, my, you're in my world. So you listen to me. And actually, I wasn't that, that wasn't that straightforward, but I said, so let's talk about this. We would talk about things. And it's, it's wonderful how we're, the things that God has placed me in all throughout my life just to be, just to be a light somewhere. And then he brought me to the military, and it's, it's kind of no different than lost. Okay. With that, so if you, if, if you want to learn how to do videos and editing and all that, just, uh, con- just come up to me afterwards. I'll show you how to use everything. Okay? With that... Um, let me, let me pray again for us. Let me pray as we, as we kick this off. God, there is so much we could cover today. Your word is so rich. that We could spend hours here going over Psalm 127 and Psalm 128. But Lord, we, we come to, to this time right now and we pause. And we confess we're tired, maybe worn out, maybe just looking to get some sort of encouragement from your word. So, Lord, I thank you that you are the teacher here. I thank you that you have given us the Holy Spirit who's going to teach us something in the word that's going to help us live that memento mori life, living intentionally and um, living today as if you really are our Savior. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you would, please open your Bibles with me to Psalm 127. Psalm 127 and 128. I have the privilege of having two Psalms today. We are in week eight of our uh, series called the Psalms of Ascent. Psalms of Ascent. Now, it's... it's uh, 
it's a bunch of psalms starting with uh, Psalm 120 all the way to Psalm 134. Yes. The Hebrews, Hebrew scholars will, will have noticed, uh, they note that we, some people call it Psalms of Ascent, but really, what it really is is Psalms, plural, for ascents, plural. So there were several things going on in the Hebrew culture, they would make these pilgrimages about three times a year, three festivals a year. You would have to gather your family and move, not move, but yes, literally on the move, ascend up the hill to this city called Jerusalem and to celebrate. So imagine this. If you lived in Galilee and you're traveling over 100 miles on foot on little pieces of leather for shoes, with your family. I mean, this is the road trip of all road trips, right? Three times a year. We complain about moving every 24 months or 36 months, depending on your billet. Like, we got to pack up the whole house again. We got to go. These people are packing up their houses, like in tents or whatever, and then moving. And, and to keep themselves preoccupied during the journey, they would play these songs. Now, they didn't have iPods and iPads like, like we do, but this is the ancient Spotify playlist. This is like, all right, let's go. We're, we're, stepping, we're stepping in five minutes. And then we would start, and we would say, all right, and everybody's moving together. Here we go. Psalm 120. Let's, Psalm, let's go. And they would start singing. And then they would get up all the way up the hill, and then it's like, man, it's been a, it's been a long time. Here we go, Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor on in vain. And they would... They would do those, they would sing it. Everybody would be on the same page. Everybody would be listening to the same playlist. And as they get to Jerusalem, there are 15 steps going up to the temple, and they would do it again. And there would be people waiting for them at this temple. There would be people with, with uh, instruments standing on all these 15 steps. And as they ascended up to the temple, they would sing one more psalm. They would ascend to the next step and sing one more song. I've actually walked these steps. It's still there to this very day because the Bible is real and talks about real events and it's real people and it's real, real events. So that's, that's, what's, that's the background behind Psalms for Ascents. These Psalms for Ascent, it's, it's truths for, for Patch Chapel, really, because we are pilgrims. We're always moving. We're always on the go. We're always traveling and these are the songs that we should be listening to. Okay, I'm going to read both psalms. It wasn't just um, a coincidence that these psalms got lumped up to today. Um, Eric and I sat down, and he's the one that came up with these ones. These ones really match, and it lands us at Christmas. So it's, there's no coincidences, right? It's all God incidents. But these two psalms are very alike. Okay, if you're there with me, Psalm 127. I'm reading from the, the CSB, but I'm going to also read from the same versions that's in your pew Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible, um, I will give you one. I'll give you one of my personal ones. If you want a Bible, like the one that, I think you could take the one in the pew. Can they do that? Okay, just go ahead and take it. But if you want it, if you want a Bible, please, I Everybody should have a Bible. Okay, Psalm 127. Psalm 127 says this. Unless the Lord builds the house, 
the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Verse 2. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Part 2 of Psalm 127 says this. Verse 3. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Okay, that's one song. Let's skip to the next uh, track here. Psalm 128 says this. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Verse 3. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Those are, there's the Psalms. Back to back. I noticed Psalm 127 could really be two sermons because it has two parts. One part's about building a house, and the second part's about building a home. Building a house and building a home. And you skip to 128. And what sets the tone for that whole psalm is the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, and how that's related to blessings in the house. So you see how they're, how they're related? If I lay them side by side here, Psalm 127, building a house and building a home. Uh, psalm 128, the, the, the household blessings that come from fearing God. So this is in line with the passages that... Um, that we read here for the scripture reading, it's family. It's like family day here at Patch Chapel. Okay, I told my, my wife uh, as I was preparing this sermon, I, I want to really treat every Sunday as if we're like all at family camp together. As if we're at family camp and, and I'm, just, I'm just, we're talking together and saying, hey, how, how can we do this family thing together? How can we do life together? How can we really act as a family instead of just coming here and checking the box and going. And families have uh, babies crying, which is the best noise ever. You know what a crying, you know what, you know what the sound is? It means there's life in the room. A dying room is quiet. We don't want quiet. We want noise because it means there's life in here. It means, it, it means there's children here. Okay. If it's too quiet, then that means something's wrong. That means the kids are, are doing up to no good. But if there's, if there's rustling around and all that, that's why we have everybody here. We have thought over and over, should we break the kids out? Should we, should we do something else with them? Should we? This is an ongoing thing in all, of our, in all of our community groups. Can we study the Bible while we put on a movie for the kids? I would say no, no, no. Let's do what Jesus did. He says, bring them up here in front. Jesus said some pretty, pretty hardcore things about children. Um, 
Let me see. Who, who's, who's, who's five in here? Who's five? Okay, five, right there. Boom. Who's six? Can you stand up just really quick? Just like, if you want to. Who's seven? Who's eight? Who's nine? Okay, take a good look at them. Jesus said, unless you become like these children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty hardcore, Jesus. Jesus said a lot of things about family. Unless you do the will of the Father, then you cannot be my family. And that, that begs a good question. What is the will of God? Well, if you search through the scripture just to believe on the Lord Jesus, that's the will of God. Believe in the Lord Jesus, then you're now family. You're now family. Okay, so this whole thing is about family, okay? Um, I'm just going to put verse 1 up there on 127. Unless the Lord builds a house, uh, those builders labor it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake. There, there's, unless the Lord is involved in your project, whatever you're building, whatever you're doing, whatever, you're, whatever your job is at work, whatever project, how many of you have a project for school right now? Okay? It's the Lord that should be involved in that project because it's not, school is not just for going to school and learning stuff. School is so that people, your classmates, can see God through you. That's why we go to school. And in our, for our children, it's not, I'm not raising them to make good decisions in life. I'm raising them so that they become conduits of God's grace, mercy, and his peace in the place. Now, uh, someone asked me the other day, do you guys homeschool? And I, and I jokingly, I said, yes, yes, we, we do homeschool. Uh, from three in the afternoon until about seven in the morning, and then we send them off as missionaries into another place where they can, where they can be conduits of, you know, I, I said that jokingly. We did, we did do classical conversations before, hence that awesome song I played the other, the other week, right? That, but, um, but really, um, they, we, we are, I'm not teaching them to just make good decisions. I'm teaching them to be conduits of God's grace, mercy, and peace in the world. Amongst the bullies, when they get into higher grades, hopefully, amongst the drugs, amongst the, the stealing and cheating, and to be conduits to, so that people can see what God looks like through my children. For you, for anybody who works in here, your goal is to reflect God in your workplace. And in the projects, if the Lord's not the one doing them through you, then you're, you're doing your labor in vain. Two days ago, someone asked me, hey, chaps, what's, the, what's your definition of success? And I said, uh, well, let me give you my definition of failure. Failure is succeeding in something that amounts to nothing. So, so what good is it to achieve the highest rank, to achieve the highest whatever, and the Lord's not in it? It's failure. It's getting all the way to the end of your life and saying, man, look at all this stuff that I did. And if the Lord wasn't in it, it was all in vain. That's what this verse is saying. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. Who's, who's supposed to protect our city? Who's supposed to protect our region? Who's supposed to protect our country? Now, now this happened twice and, and that, I, that I can remember now. 
where people were going nuts over the election. It was 2016 and then 2020. You remember this? I don't remember this happening to this level. But in 2016, people were freaking out about who's applying to be the president. And then in 2020, there was people when I used to when I used to just scroll aimlessly. But there was this lady that was crying when President uh, Donald Trump won the office. She was like crying, like ah! like like yell, like like angry crying that this person won. Because if a politician is your savior, then of course your world's going to fall apart. But those two times, after the president was announced, I text all my friends who were all, all into it. I said, yeah, I checked the results. Jesus is still on the throne. I'm good. My guy won. And, uh, you know, I, I used to say I'm not political, but I'm, I'm very political because I have a king and I live in a kingdom. And I worship my king. And he's always on the throne, regardless of what ruler is in power. You see what I'm saying? Unless the Lord watches over the city, then the watchmen, their work is in vain. Their work is in vain. For me, it doesn't matter who's in office, because Jesus is on the throne. Okay? Last time I checked, I'm not a citizen of this earth. So I could care really less about what happens on this vapor of a time because I know my days are numbered, Psalm 90. In, in Hebrews, everyone is appointed to die and after that to face judgment. So I'm living for in light of eternity. And one thing that's always going through my mind is, what's going to really matter in 33 billion years? 33 billion years. Is Kelly Porter here? Yes. My brother Kelly, he sent me an email. You know, he said, Ryan, one day we're going to be in a wheelchair. <laughs> We're going to be just like in diapers, and no one's going to care what we did. And I go, that, I love that. That's a sobering thought. That's a sobering thought. But I also want my life to count. I want all the work that I did to count. So unless the Lord builds a house, it's, it's, in, it's in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, it's in vain. In vain you get up early. In vain you stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. It's in Christianity is is the easy lifestyle. Being a non-believer is very hard. Why why do I say that? Christianity is not about doing things because the work is done. And God rested. If you look at scripture in all 66 books, God is the one doing the work. And when God does all the work, then that, that means we can rest. Okay? So Christianity is about this. How can I die to myself today? Not how can I white-knuckle it and how can I try harder and, oh, my gosh, I'm such a bad parent. i got to try harder next time. I, I, I keep saying these things. i got to try not to say that. When I walk into my house, i got to try not to get angry. No, it's about dying to myself, which is way easier than, than working. So if I die to myself, it looks like, okay, it's not about me. This is not about me. It's not about me. This is not about me. So how can I go in here and just be a conduit of God's grace, mercy, and peace in the situation? When I go to work, if it's not about me, then I can just reflect God and I can I cannot get my way. I cannot get my way. So I don't want everything to be in vain. 
Okay, so, so that is, that's point, part one of Psalm 127. In part two, building the home, he says here, children, verse three, are indeed a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the gate. Uh, children are from the Lord. Children are from the Lord. Um, I love watching other people's children. I, j- I really do. Because uh, you know why? Because I don't, I don't get mad at them. Maybe there's been a couple of ki- other kids that I've gotten mad at. But I don't, I don't really get mad at other people's children. I'll, I'll never forget. I was, I was driving. I had Giselle with me and Kylie and then their friend Bella. Bella Yeomans. She was in the back. And then she, she got into the car and I, I heard this snap. Like she had stepped on my... Um, my, my clipboard, right? And it snapped, and then I go, yeah, don't worry about it. It's just, it's just like that. I was like, it's, it's no problem, no problem at all. Now, if it was one of my kids, I was like, watch where you're stepping. I've told you this many times. But because it was Bella, I said, no, no problem. She's like, oh, sorry, Mr. Ryan. I was like, don't worry about it. That's, that's cheap. That's cheap. We could buy another one. So the reality is my children are not my children. They belong to the Lord, they're on loan to me. You know, I'm a, Ryder's on loan to me for like 18 years. The girls are on loan to me for like 45. <laughs> but um, if I see them, these, these are not mine. They belong to the Lord. And how would I treat the Lord's children? The, the word says here that, that children are heritage from the Lord. If, if our children belong to the Lord, then, then let's treat them like they belong to the Lord. Husbands, if, 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 your, if your spouse, if your wife is a daughter of God, then how would we treat the king's daughter? Uh, wives, if your husbands, if your husband is, is a son of, of the king, how, how would you treat the king's son? So on and so forth. See, it's, God's all about family. They'll never be put to shame when they speak of their enemies. And that is Psalm 127. Um, okay. The, my helpers gave you a handout. If you would look at that there. How can we integrate the Lord into everything we're doing? Now, I, I want to show you this really quick, just really quick. I want to show you, um, I saw this chart, my, my, it, was, it was early 2000s. My buddy and, Andrew, uh, we were studying in seminary, and he goes, hey, look at this, Ryan. And he drew on a napkin um, this PGA chart, Priorities, Goals, and Activities. I never forgot this. This is a long time ago. And he says, your, your, your priorities determine your goals in life, and your goals in life uh, determine your, your activities. Or you can flip it. Or you can flip it. Like, if I flip this triangle upside down, how am I spending all my time? Those are my activities. And is how I'm spending my time um, conducive for my goals in life? And are my goals in life in line with my priorities? Now, I picked three priorities here for my life. I've been thinking about this for a long time. My three priorities is KFC, not Kentucky Fried Chicken, but KFC. Uh, one, the kingdom. Two, my calling. And, and, and three, my family. Now, uh, you've heard, you might have heard this said before, but people talk about priorities in a, in a lineal fashion, like God's always first, and then, and then my family, and then, and then my job. I don't think it's like that. I think, I think if you flatten this 
this thing out like this way, right? If my priorities were flattened this way, then it'd be like trying to balance this triangle, right? And it'd be three things for me, uh, the, the kingdom of God, my family, and my calling, and, and I would try to balance it so that if I was really good at work but I was missing the mark at home, maybe I wouldn't have to shift this way. See what I'm saying? Maybe if I was really good at home but I totally incompetent at work, maybe I should shift and, and, and learn to do my job better. You see what I'm saying? Because when people see us, they see, they see a Christian. They see, they, when they see us, that's our testimony. So if, if, we're, you know, if, if I'm like in shape and, and look awesome in the gym, but my kids don't like me, something's wrong. If, if I'm awesome at home, but, but work thinks I'm a doofus, how did this, who, who hired this person? Then I have to shift. I have to shift. Now, in, in full transparency, being open kimono here, I've, I've let you, here, here's, here's how I spend my days. I deviate from time to time, but this is, you know, I, I have some goals here. In the morning, I do this thing called the pause with Jeanette. When everything's, when the, all things are aligned, then we'll begin our day with like 10 minutes of prayer using the pause app by John Eldridge, and it's wonderful, and we just pray. We give everything to you, Jesus. We give everyone and everything to you. We spend about 10 minutes like there, and we also end the day like that, okay? So uh, because kingdom, family, and calling are my things, it's integrated into all my goals, okay? The, my kingdom values on the right-hand side is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, it's a song I learned in, in, in VBS, 1986. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So, so VBS is awesome. If, you, if we have VBS, you've got to send your children there because they'll remember the song for 30, 40 years later. So I looked at all my goals, and I said, I want every goal that I have to be tied in some way to... The kingdom. And kingdom living is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if I have a goal that's not lined up with the kingdom, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweak it a little bit. And I, so I look at how I spend my day, and is that conducive to kingdom activities? And do I have kingdom activities that are in line with these priorities? And if I'm off a little bit, then I'll just shift. This is, if the Lord's not doing the work, if the Lord's not building the house, then it's going it's gonna to be... Uh, it's going to be complete failure. I'm going to succeed in something that amounts to nothing. And, and when everybody in here gets out of the uniform, and you will, you will one day, I promise you, when you look back, how, what's going to matter in, in 33 million years? Okay, when we're reflecting on what's, what, how we spent our lives. Um, yeah, you can look at that. I would like to end this psalm, this section, just take a, just for, for, for three or four minutes. I would like you to reflect on, in your life, okay? I want you to reflect on your life and how the Lord either is or isn't reflected in your, in your, um, in your day, okay? I'm going to play a song called Psalm 127. And then as everybody just writes for a few minutes... Um, I'll, I'll bring you back, and then I'll read quickly Psalm 128, okay? All right, go ahead and go to your sheets, and then uh, pray about what the Lord wants you to fill out on that sheet.
Lord builds the house. Those who build it labor on in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the town, in vain the watchman stays away. Take this sheet home, and uh, where, where, where's, where's Kate? Kate Porter. She came up to me the other day. She says, "Mr. Ryan, I filled mine out because we did this at uh, at our retreat, and I forgot to introduce my friend Grady Brown here. Grady, could, you, could I put you on the spot? Could you stand up and, and face the crowd? Yes, Grady is our club direct, uh, club beyond director. Let's give him a round of applause here." Uh, Grady and I are going to do a retreat December, in December. Uh, it's for teenagers in Stuttgart, and we're going to, this is one of the things, we're going we're to go over this, 
and Grady's talking about resilience for teens, and, and I'll be inserting in there on how to align our days and uh, priorities, goals, and alignments. So uh, if, you haven't, if you have youth, if you haven't met Grady, please uh, hit him up afterwards, and we're going to give him a lot of work. We're giving him a lot of work in his time here. Okay, um, how was that for everybody? Was that, was that good? Was that good for you? Is, I hope this helps that uh, you can align all your goals. Okay, now really quickly, we're going to go over um, Psalm 128. So, go to Psalm 128. Psalm 128 is our second psalm, and it says this. How happy or blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You will surely eat what your hands have worked for, and you'll be happy, and it will go well for you. See, it, it's carrying on from Psalm 127. This, this relates. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. That's speaking of productivity. Um, look at verse 3. Your children will be like young olive trees around your table. That's a different type of productivity. You know how long it takes uh, a vine to produce fruit, a grapevine? From the time you plant it, it's probably about one to two years. And then it starts producing fruit. Does anybody know how long it takes olives to produce fruit? To produce olives? Guess. Just take a wild guess. What is it? Three? No. Higher? Ten. Higher? Higher? Warmer? 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 No, colder. Warmer? Forty. Forty. <laughs> How is that a blessing? Well, see, olive, olive shoots uh, take a lot of maintenance, a lot of supervision, but they're always green and they're always growing. So, like, your like, spouses, they, yeah, fruitful, one to two years, start producing, um, and then uh, children, 40 years, 40 years. I think there's something magical about 33 where the lights come on. I don't know. I just, I just, I've made that number up. I, maybe it's because Jesus is 33. I don't know. Maybe it's because Grady's 33. Are you 33? 34. 34. I'm, I'm at my bad. I'll, I'll do push-ups later. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's something. It, it, takes a, it takes a long time, right? So let's be patient with our, with our children. Let's be patient. In this very, the man who fears the Lord will be blessed. This is all related to fear. If we fear the Lord, these things, these things come into place. If we fear the Lord, it's going to be a blessing waiting 40 years for children to bear the fruit. It's going to be okay. When I fear the Lord, then I don't fear anything else. If I fear the Lord, then I'm not going to fear, well, what if my kid doesn't, uh, what if he doesn't get into this school? I'm not fearing any of that. If I fear the Lord, I have no other time to fear anything else. If I fear the Lord, I have no time to fear anything else. In this very way, the man who fears the Lord will be blessed. Verse 5, may the Lord bless you from Zion so that you will see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life and you will see your children's children. Peace be with Israel. Um, Hebrew wisdom literature is not, they're not promises. and It's not prophecy. So someone could be sitting here and saying, well, I don't, I don't have kids. How, how, does this, how does this verse apply to me? I, Am I not blessed? It's not, it's not a promise here. It's, it's just wisdom literature. It's getting these people's thoughts onto the Lord. Okay, so they're, they're general 
principles. And really, um, those who physically don't have their own biological children, it's, it's, it's not about that. There's other ways to have. Paul called uh, those who he raised spiritually his, his spiritual sons. And in any case, it goes back to verse 1, how blessed, this is who's blessed, everyone who fears the Lord and walks in his ways, does it as well. Does God's will. And those who do his will are Jesus, mother, brother, sisters. Okay? So I'm going to close this one by just focusing on this fear thing. Focusing on the fear of God. Uh, a couple of New Testament passages here that I'd like to share in, re- in regards to fear is this. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God not ha- has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind or self-discipline. Okay, I, I, gave, I gave you another handout. If you would look at that. If you look at your handout, um, it's an excerpt that came out of uh, a book that I wrote in 2020 called Freedom Vision. This book was all about how to become completely free. Completely free spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Free from everything. But fear was a major portion here. So if you flip to that, I mentioned these verses and I mentioned where fear comes from. If, if fear doesn't come from God, okay, this is for everybody now. If fear does not come from God, then, then who gave it to you? If fear was not given to you from God, then who gave it? Anybody? Yes, Satan, the demons, your flesh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Those, those, those are enemies. It's, fear is actually a gift. And the fear of the gift is, is the enemy going, hey, here, 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 Kylie, here. I want you to have this gift, and I want you to fear your friends. For, for me, when I was in elementary school, and the teacher would say, does anybody have a question? I would go, oh, I don't want to raise my hand. I don't want to look dumb. Even, in, even now, even now, you know, these all-hands calls where the general's like, oh, anybody got a question? I'm like, oh, not me. <laughs> I don't want to look dumb. And I got my friend Sammy next to me just always asking questions and always fearless, and I, and I admire that. So if I have fear to raise my hand in class, if I have fear of anything, where's that coming from? Children, where's that coming from? It's coming from the enemy. So here's what I want you to do with that fear. And I'm really, this is, this is for us adults as well, but I'm pretending to only talk to the children right here, okay? Say, Lord, I have fear right now. I have fear. I know it's not from you, so I'm going to give it back. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to get rid of it. It's not from you, so I'm, I don't want anything to do with it. Whatever we're fearing is taking our eyes off of fear of the Lord. Now, we're not supposed to be scared of God, but fear for God means reverence and respect and awe. That's, that's the fear we should be having. And if my fear is on the Lord, and I'm respecting and, and revering God, then I don't have time to worry about other things. In this, in this book, um, I, I, I took a bunch, a list of fears from chapter 13 of The Bondage Breaker by Neil Anderson, who was, who was a professor in, in my seminary at Talbot, and I totally respect Neil Anderson. He is the most prolific writer in the world on spiritual warfare. Wrote over 100 books on spiritual warfare. 
and he came up with a list of things, and I've been modifying this thing for six years. I've been modifying and tweaking it based on the counseling that I do and people who come to my office. So I've just, this is a, a, a specific list for people that I've talked to over, over a decade, over 15 years. And it could be anything from fear of missing out, FOMO, uh, fear now, I added this one in 2020, fear of the coronavirus, fear of any pandemics. I remember in 1999, people in our church were freaking out of Y2K, and people were, they moved out of the area because they thought their computers were going to crash and everything's going to crash. So they hunkered down and they, they stockpiled water and toilet paper. This is back in 1999. We did the same stuff where we freaked out and our, our fear went from the Lord to, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And oh my gosh, we got to stockpile, we got to do these things. There's wisdom, there's wisdom in, and you know, I, I have some MREs in my, in my, uh, in my basement. Okay. As everybody who has been in the field, like Ugh, MREs have a little PTS. But but there's wisdom in, in in preparing for disasters. There's just wisdom in that. Okay, I got I got chains, I got snow tires, but but really, we're, if if the fear is filling my soul, then something's off. And God says, I, I want you to know that I'm that I'm in control. I'm still on the throne. So so get your eyes on me. Get your eyes on me. Okay. And we might need to do that to each other too. I, I need that. I need, I need my friends to come alongside me and say, hey, um, so you know Jesus is still in control, right? Okay. We, we all need the, the, the chaplain Kelly Porters in our life who says, hey, you know what? That doesn't matter, right? You know we're gonna, it's not going to matter in a million years. We're, it's not going to matter. Okay? So I have here, I'm going to end this. I'm going to play another song, Psalm 128, written by the same guy. That's actually a guy, it's a man and his wife, uh, they, they, they use the, the, the lockdown to write 150 psalms. That's every psalm. The, the name of this album is Every Psalm. So I'll play this song, but I, want, I would like you to look at that sheet. And as the song is playing, that sheet's confidential, right? So no one's going to look at your sheet. I'm not going to look at your sheet unless you want to show it to me. But I want you to circle... We'll end with this. This will be our, this will be our last song. And uh, we'll, we'll close in prayer. But just circle what's... Pray. Pray and ask God, where are all my fears, Lord? Where are all my fears? I'm going to circle it, and, and there might be something that's not even on that list. Okay? So I'll play, I'll play this song. Circle your sheet, and then I'll close this in prayer. Blessed are those who fear the Lord.
Concludes our time in, in Psalm 128. I, I, my hope and prayer is that the Lord shows you some sort of fear in your life that, that's hindering, that's hindering some 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 growth in your life that's pre, that's preoccupying your mind. And and I will personally sit down with you and work through the prayer at the end on on how to renounce fear and. and I have this vision of, of, of Patch Chapel of a bunch of people living completely fearless. Completely fearless. 
and that it affects this area, Baden-Wittenberg, and, 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 and then you start PCSing, and then other people catch on to this, and they say, man, I, I, I met someone today that really fears nothing, and it's infectious. And then we can encourage one another to live fearlessly and really start to flourish and thrive. So let me, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your word and your spirit and the fact that we can completely trust in you and not fear anything else but you. To have complete reverence and awe of you and to have your sovereignty and your control over things at, at the forefront of our thinking and everything else just, just like water off a duck's back, Lord. Take our fears. Take our fears, Lord. We confess the fears that we have and we thank you for your forgiveness. We choose today to keep our eyes on you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. Okay. Uh, the only thing I have is we have a lot of food over here. Let's fellowship and break bread together. Thank you. Uh, go and in peace and be blessed.